Blog Talk Radio. listening to PGN Prophetic Grace Network. This is Secrets Revealed. Understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. Today is April 6th of 2023. And today we'll be talking about 666, the Antichrist, the false prophet, the great tribulation, and the mark of the beast. There are 12 statements of prophecy in the book of Revelation One of those statements of prophecy is the 666 Antichrist prophecy using words from the book of Revelation itself. Let's take a look at the 666 Antichrist prophecy. It is chapter 13 in its entirety. Reading from the New Living Translation, it says, Then I saw a beast rising up out of the sea. It had seven heads and ten horns, with ten crowns on its horns, and written on each head were names that blasphemed God. This beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his own power and throne and great authority. I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery. But the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshipped the dragon for giving the beast such power. And they also worshipped the beast. Who is as great as the beast, they exclaimed. Who is able to fight against him? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God. And he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. And he spoke, let me pause there. Let's pause there. So we're talking about the 666 Antichrist prophecy in the book of Revelation. And I mentioned at the start of the hour that there are 12 statements of prophecy in the book of Revelation. Let me share with you what they are in the order of their appearance. The seven seals prophecy, which begins with chapter 5. The seven trumpets prophecy, which begins with verse 2 of chapter 8. The 1,260 days prophecy, chapter 12 in its entirety. The 666 Antichrist prophecy, the focus of our talk today. Chapter 13 of the book of Revelation in its entirety. The 144,000 first fruits prophecy, verses 1 to 5 of chapter 14 of the book of Revelation, the earth reaped prophecy, also in chapter 14, verses 6 to 20. The seventh statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation is the seven plagues prophecy, that's chapters 15 and 16, followed by the purple and scarlet prophecy, chapter 17 and 18, the marriage supper prophecy, 
begins with verse 6 of chapter 19 and ends with verse 21. The millennial reign prophecy, what happens during the first thousand years of the government of Jesus Christ on this earth is described in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10. Verses 11 to 15 include the dead judged prophecy. And the last statement of prophecy is the new earth prophecy. What happens when the end of time happens? What happens after the end of the age? It's described in the book of Revelation. The new earth prophecy, which begins with chapter 21 and ends with verse 5 of chapter 22. So today we're talking about the 666 Antichrist prophecy, and we heard verses 1 to 5, and then we're going to hear verses 6 to 18. But let's talk about why it's important to break apart each statement of prophecy. About a month ago, I went to see Creed 3, which is a movie the third the third movie in a series that followed the Rocky series uh, that starred Sylvester Stallone, and now there's uh, Michael B. Jordan starring in the Creed movies. Before I went to see that movie, I saw the movie trailer. And today, most movies have a movie trailer. And directors create these movie trailers for the purpose of allowing viewers to have a pretty good idea of what the longer work, the movie in its entirety, is all about. So it's a short summary. It's a way to get a viewer's attention. It's a way to present in a very short amount of time the key players, the key conflicts, the key issues to be resolved presented and resolved in a movie. In professional writing, the highest level of academic scholarship in the Western world is the peer-reviewed journal. So this is where the latest, greatest information about vaccines and medications and psychotherapies and anything that you can think of in science, this is where the latest, greatest information is presented in great detail. So it's the highest level of academic scholarship. It has very rich information. It's very thick. Why do we care about this in the context of talking about the book of Revelation? The book of Revelation is the pinnacle work in the Holy Bible. So in John it says in the beginning of in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word of God, the Bible is very important. Every book in the Bible is important. The pinnacle of the word is its last book, book number 66, book number 66, which is the book of Revelation. The pinnacle of the book of Revelation is its final statement of prophecy. The final statement of prophecy is the new earth prophecy. What is it about? 
It's about what happens after all five enemies of God have been destroyed. And we transition from a corrupted earth to a new earth. So at the end of the age, there's a great white throne judgment, and the final two enemies of God are destroyed with the second death, which is the lake of fire. So death itself, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 26, it says, and the last enemy he destroys will be death. So there are five enemies that Jesus Christ will be destroyed, that Jesus Christ will destroy, five enemies that will be destroyed. Let me say briefly, uh, let's enumerate that list. Number one, the Antichrist, who we will be talking about today. Number two, the false prophet, also uh, in our discussion today. Number three, Satan, the dragon. Number four, every person who is team Satan, every human being that has ever existed and who exists on this present earth, every human being who has failed to go to mediation, every human being who has failed to follow God's plan for salvation that exists or existed at the time that he or she lived on the earth. Uh, Number five, death itself. So at the end of the age, After all five enemies of God the Father have been destroyed, we transition to a new earth. And on this new earth, in Revelation chapter 21, it says, And death shall be no more, neither shall there be anguish, sorrow, and mourning, nor grief, nor pain anymore. For the old conditions and former order of things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, See, I make all things new. And at the beginning statement of prophecy, it says, Then I saw a new sky, heaven, and a new earth, for the former sky and the former earth had passed away. So this present earth is going to continue for some time. Let's talk about time in Daniel's 70th week, because that's the period of time that we are looking forward to. And today we're going to talk about Daniel's 70th week as described in Daniel chapter 4. So there's a 490-year period, 70 sets of seven weeks. And we are looking forward to in our present time, because the first 483 years of the prophecy have already come to pass, but we are waiting for that final, that final uh, seven-year period. We are waiting for that period, and it begins with the signing of the confirmation of the covenant. And it ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ. That's a seven-year period. 
often people talk about the Great Tribulation as being seven years, but in fact, according to the book of Revelation, in Revelation chapter 12 and in Revelation chapter 13, we are told that it is exactly three and a half years, it is exactly 42 months, it is exactly 1,260 days. And so today, in this movie trailer, in words, in professional writing, we call it an abstract, we learn about 42 months. So this prophecy, the 666 Antichrist prophecy, it has two parts. Every statement of prophecy in the book of Revelation has two parts. John the Revelator was called up to heaven, and he was shown visions. Now, these visions were moving pictures. Today we call moving pictures movies. But he wasn't shown just any kind of movie. He was actually given as uh, he went to see an exhibit. The word exhibit is used, and what was exhibited to him, what he was shown, was a series of movies presented all in a row. So he saw movie number one, movie number two, movie number three, movie number four. So he, they, the angel kept showing him uh, these moving pictures, these visions that were moving pictures. They're movies, but they weren't just any kind of movie. These visions were documentaries, documentaries because they reflect realities, events that have already happened in our future. Don't you know that an omniscient and all-knowing God has already been to the future? He's communicated realities about the future in our past. So that today in the present, every truth seeker, that's you, I believe, and that's me, every truth seeker can go to the book of Revelation and know for sure, with confidence, what is shortly to come to pass. Now, what are we talking about with the 666 Antichrist prophecy? In verses 1 to 5, we have an overview, a summary of the full vision. That's how these visions were shown to John the Revelator. They all happened in a row, and he put in words exactly what he saw. So it's as if I am seeing the movie trailer for Creed, and then immediately after the movie trailer, I see the movie in its entirety, and I write down what I've seen. So when I'm writing it down, I just write down everything that I saw in the order that I saw it in, and that's what it is. And that's what we have in the book of Revelation. So let's talk about this movie trailer. And that's important because when we see something in the abstract in verses 1 to 5 of chapter 13, and then it happens again in verses 6 to 18, we aren't confused because now we know, well, wait a minute, we went from the abstract to the full report, information in the abstract is going to appear again in the full report because the abstract is simply a movie trailer in words. We're going to get more details in the full report. So let's take a look first to make sure we understand what has been communicated in the abstract. So we're told that there is a beast 
and this beast has seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. In this prophecy, beast is used to describe three different things or individuals. So first, the beast is used in this movie trailer to describe the upcoming Ten Nation Alliance, the New World Order, the government that will dominate economic and political affairs during the time period described in this prophecy. I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, so he sees a nation. So in the book of Daniel chapter 7, in Revelation chapter 13, uh, in the 666 Antichrist prophecy, in the purple and scarlet prophecy, there's a discussion of this beast. Now let's talk about it. It has seven heads and ten horns with ten crowns on its horns. So these ten crowns represent ten leaders. So here in the United States of America, the leader is the president. I'm not saying that the U.S. will be one of these ten nations. It won't be. Um, But I don't think it will be. And I'll tell you why. Um, Because in Revelation chapter 12, the United States is an ally to the woman who is Israel. And these Nations are a part of those nations that will be led by the Antichrist. So here we hear that there are ten crowns on its horns, and uh, but it has seven heads. Why does it have seven heads? We're told in the book of Daniel in chapter 7 that initially there will be ten horns, but that the Antichrist will put down three so that there will be seven. So ultimately there will be seven heads instead of ten, although there are ten nations. Let's continue. And written on each head were names that blasphemed God. These nations will be nations that follow the religion of the false prophet. And as nations that embrace and follow and promote the one world religion, the harlot church, they will blaspheme God. Verse 2 says, this beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave the beast his power and throne and great authority. So who is inspiring the authority of this ten nation alliance? This beast that has ten crowns, ten nations, ultimately uh, ten nations led by seven individuals. Satan will be the power, the supernatural power that causes this ten nation alliance to rise to prominence, such prominence that it dominates not only economic affairs, for the nations themselves, but the economic affairs of the world. If you want to buy and sell in the economic system used by this 10-nation alliance, you will necessarily need the mark of the beast. 
talking about this ten-nation alliance, it says the beast looked like a leopard, but it had the feet of a bear and the mouth of a lion. In the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation, those symbols associated with nations are used to identify the nation. So when you think of America, what animal is used as a symbol to represent the United States of America? It's the eagle. What about Russia? It's the bear. What about the United Kingdom? It's the lion. And as you may know, the leopard is the tank associated with Germany. That tank is the number one tank that people who are in uh, that world, the people who are in the world of war, they say that's the number one tank. It's called the leopard. There have been several versions of it. It is created in Germany. It has been uh, very prominent in the news in the last six months, given uh, its use in the the war between Russia and the Ukraine. So what's the take-home point for us? This 10-nation alliance that has 10 crowns is empowered by Satan, and three of the nations that will be a part of this 10-nation alliance include Germany, and Russia, and Great Britain. The lion is for Great Britain. Let's continue. Verse 3 says, I saw that one of the heads of the beast seemed wounded beyond recovery, but the fatal wound was healed. The whole world marveled at this miracle and gave allegiance to the beast. They worshiped the dragon for giving the beast such power, and they also worshiped the beast. Who is as great as the beast? They exclaimed. Who was able to fight against him? Then the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. Now, here we see a transition. The Ten Nation Alliance is referred to as a beast. The Antichrist is also referred to as a beast because he will be the mouthpiece for the Ten Nation Alliance. And it tells us that the Antichrist will be given authority to do whatever he wanted for how many months? For 42 months. This is very important. In verse 5, it says the Antichrist will have authority to do whatever he wants for a finite period of time. It is specifically and exactly and only 42 months. Now, 42 months is three and a half years. In Revelation chapter 12, this three and a half year period is referred to as a time, which is one year, times two years and half a time. So one plus two plus one half is three and a half. 42 months is three and a half years. So 12 months is one year. Right? And 12 plus 12 plus 12, that's 12 three times, is 36. And half of 12 is 6. So 36 plus 6 is 42. So 42 months is 12, one time, 12, a second time, and 12, a third time. 
plus half of 12. So 42 months is exactly three and a half years. Take home point, over and over again, we see in the book of Revelation that the period of time referred to in Matthew 24 as a time of great distress, the great tribulation, it is limited to three and a half years. The Antichrist will have dominion over this 10-nation alliance for precisely 42 months. Now, this 42 months is within a seven-year period. So there is a ramp-up period to the Great Tribulation. And after the Great Tribulation is the wrath of God, which culminates with the Battle of Armageddon. So the seven-year period begins with what? A peace treaty, the signing of the confirmation of the covenant, which will give the green light to the nation of Israel to rebuild its temple. That is the third temple. It's the temple described in the seven trumpets prophecy in Revelation chapter 11. So we cannot get to the great tribulation until the third temple is rebuilt. We don't get to the third temple being rebuilt on the Temple Mount in Israel until the beginning of Daniel's 70th week. Well, when does that seven-year period begin? So uh, that set of seven, the 70th week, a set of seven years, it begins with the signing of the confirmation of the covenant as described in the book of Daniel, and it ends with the Battle of Armageddon. This 42 months is in that period of time. So there are 84 months total that we're talking about, seven-year period. But there's a ramp-up period to the Great Tribulation. And after the Great Tribulation, which is the wrath of Satan, is the wrath of God. That's so important. Let's pause there for a moment. The wrath of Satan is to persecute Two groups. Number one, those in the nation of Israel. And number two, the church, the bride. Let's go to Revelation chapter 12 for a moment. It says there at the end of Revelation 12, And the dragon was angry at the woman and declared war against the rest of her children. Who are the rest of her children? It tells us in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17, all who keep God's commandments and maintain their testimony for Jesus. So very briefly, sometimes people say, well, the Bible says we aren't appointed to wrath. And that's absolutely true. We are appointed as believers, as uh, the sheep, as part of the wheat, we aren't appointed to the wrath of God, which begins after the wrath of Satan. But right now we're talking about the wrath of Satan. So the great tribulation is not the wrath of God. It's the wrath of Satan. And believers who live long enough will be here during the great tribulation, during this 42-month period 
And we're going to hear today God's instruction for what those of us who are here during the Great Tribulation, what we are to do, that instruction is in this 666 Antichrist prophecy. We're going to hear it shortly. But I want to read to you also from the book of Revelation, verse 20, which confirms that there is no pre-tribulation rapture. Revelation 20, verse 4, in the millennial reign prophecy, John the Revelator says, also, I saw the souls of those who had been slain with axes beheaded for their witnessing to Jesus and for preaching and testifying for the word of God and who had refused to pay homage to the beast or his statue and had not accepted his mark or permitted it to be stamped on their foreheads or on their hands. So we're about to hear what happens during this 42-month period, which includes the period of time where the mark of the beast will be in effect, where every person in this world will be urged to take the mark of the beast. You can't refuse the mark of the beast if you aren't here on this present earth during the 42-month period in which the mark of the beast is promoted. It has to be available in order to refuse it. And the word of God tells us in Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, that there are believers who will lose their lives during the great tribulation and that they are living again. After the second coming of Jesus Christ, they are living again during the millennial reign in a tangible body on this present earth. And it tells us that they lost their lives, that they were beheaded that they were beheaded because they were preaching the word of God, because they were giving testimony of Jesus Christ, because they refused the mark of the beast. So today we're about to get into the full report of the 666 Antichrist prophecy. We're going to talk about the mark of the beast and the reality that Every truth seeker must know. You must know that the mark of the beast is coming and that if you live long enough, it will be something that is available to you and that you have the responsibility and the right to reject it. So you might say, well, why are you talking about a post-tribulation rapture uh, research scientists, when you know that that's a point of contention for the church. The reason that we must arrive at the truth, we must search the word of God to find out about this is because it's possible that if you don't know that you will be here when the mark of the beast is an option, you could take it. In other words, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture and you need to take a mark in your hand, and, it, and you say, well, th there's no way possible that this could be the mark of the beast because the church is going to be raptured uh, before the great tribulation, so it's no way that this could be the mark of the beast. That's not true. And you have the definitive proof in Revelation 20, verse 4. You just heard it. There will be people who refuse the mark of the beast during this 42-month period. 
And these are people whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. These are individuals who are part of the wheat. These are individuals who are among the sheep. These are individuals who are the good fish. I believe that you are listening to this because you are a truth seeker. And we are not going to talk about my opinions. We're not going to talk about anyone's opinions. We are going to talk about what does the word of God say. Now let's get to the full report so we can hear what the word of God says about what happens when the beast, the Ten Nation Alliance, which is led by a beast, the Antichrist, who will be the mouthpiece for this Ten Nation Alliance, what will happen during this 42-month period when the Antichrist is able to do, it says in verse 5, he's able to do, it says, quote, he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. Now let's continue, verses 6 to 18, we're going to hear specifically what does the Antichrist do during uh, this great tribulation period, and what are six actions of the false prophet? And what are the rest of her children? In other words, what is the church talking about the rest of Israel's children, the woman, Gentiles who have found and followed God's plan for salvation, believers, what are we supposed to do during this great tribulation period? Okay, let's begin with verse 6. Revelation 13, this is the full report. We are moving beyond the movie trailer in words. That's called the abstract to the full report. We're going to the movie in its entirety. It says, And he spoke terrible words of blasphemy against God, slandering his name and his dwelling, that is, those who dwell in heaven. And... The beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. Let's pause there for a second. Many uh, key events noted here. So we're told that the Antichrist is going to speak harshly, uh, speak terrible words, against God. He will be a blasphemer. He's going to slander the name of God. He's going to slander heaven and those who are in heaven. So you say, well, who's in heaven? Human beings are in three locations. There are those of us who are here, three in one, body, spirit, and soul, on this present earth. Then there are human beings who are disembodied, so they continue, they have perfect continu continuity of life in the sense that the reality is that their soul, their mind, will, and emotions is 100% intact and continues, uninterrupted. The spirit, perfectly intact. So when a person experiences the first death, he or she has perfect continuity of life despite being disembodied. We say, well, how's that possible? The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who die in Christ. So a second location of human beings is heaven. And the Antichrist 
is going to speak against, it says, those who dwell in heaven. So who's in heaven? Jesus Christ sitting at the right hand of the Father. God the Father is in heaven on the throne as well. And all believers who died in Christ are in heaven. All believers who followed God's plan for salvation, whatever it was at the time he or she dwelled on the earth. Note that prior to Jesus Christ dying on the cross, there were those individuals who lived on this earth. If they followed God's plan for salvation that existed at the time that they lived on the earth, then they are in heaven, I believe, as well. What's the third location for human beings presently? Hades. Hades. Hades is a place of darkness. It is a storage tank in the same way that the present heaven is a storage tank. Every believer in heaven is leaving that location. They're leaving that location and they're coming to a new location. We say, well, where are they going? They're coming here to this present earth. And every believer will be three in one again. So all those who are disembodied will be three in one again living on this present earth. Now, what about the individuals who are in Hades? Those individuals will be resurrected. You say, well, when's that going to happen? Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. But they are resurrected for the purposes of participating in the great white throne judgment. And ultimately, they are not allowed to go to the new earth. They aren't qualified to live on an earth where there's no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more mourning, no more grief, no more evil. They aren't qualified for that because they haven't paid their sin debt. So they're going to the lake of fire. That's the second death that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. So here is this 666 Antichrist prophecy. We're told in verses 6 to 7 that the Antichrist will be allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. So the war that the Antichrist wages it begins with a war against Israel, as described in Revelation chapter 12. At the end of Revelation 12, we're told that the war is enlarged. We talked about this in the month of March. We're going to stay with the 666 Antichrist prophecy for now. But the war is enlarged at a specific point in time. We discussed and identified that uh, in a in our discussions in March, if you didn't have a chance to hear discussion and analysis about the 1,260 days prophecy, I encourage you to go to the archive to hear uh, one or more of those talks, some really key information about the timing of this war right here that's revealed in the 1,260 days prophecy. So think about this. If the Antichrist is permitted to wage war against God's holy people, and it says right here in the Bible, and the beast was allowed to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them, when is he allowed to do this? He's allowed to do this during this 42-month period. What is this 42-month period? It's the Great Tribulation only. It's the Great Tribulation period only. 
if he's permitted to wage war during the great tribulation against God's holy people, then that means that God's holy people are here during the wrath of Satan, which is the great tribulation, and that there was no pre-tribulation rapture. Now, God isn't going to uh, have a, a one, two, three, four, five raptures. First Thessalonians chapter 4 describes the rapture, the first resurrection. The first resurrection after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And all believers, those on this present earth and those who are in the present heaven, all believers will participate in it. So what that means is that there's no pre-tribulation rapture. Now let's continue. It says, he was given authority to rule over every tribe and people and language and nation. If you've been listening to PGN, Prophet Randy Chandler has been talking about the role of the World Health Organization. And I want to um, add to that discussion the role of the United Nations. Our government in the United States of America is engaged uh, currently in creating policies that would allow external organizations to have authority over the United States of America in specific instances. So under certain circumstances, for example, what if there was a horrible pandemic? What if there was, you can keep going like this. So they're creating agreements that will allow specific organizations such as the WHO, such as the UN, to have authority over our nation in the case that those realities emerge. So you say, how could the beast be given authority over every tribe and people and language and nation? That's coming to pass right now. They are creating uh, treaties and agreements with uh, nations. The World Health Organization is doing that. Let's continue. Then it says in verse 8, we're in Revelation chapter 13 talking about the 666 Antichrist prophecy. And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. Well, you might say, well, wait a minute. It says that everyone worship the beast. No, no, no. Let's go back. It says all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. Now, what's this world? This world is the world that exists during this age. This age is coming to an end at the end of Daniel's 70th week is the beginning of the end. So what is the end? The end of the age is after the great white throne judgment when the last enemy he destroys is destroyed. That's death. So we're talking about the world, the people who belong to this world are those who are among the tares. Some translations talk about the wheat. So God divides 
human beings into two categories, those who belong to this world and those who belong to the kingdom, those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and those whose names aren't. Let me say that again, doing it all in the same order. So here's how God sees human beings. A human being is either among the wheat or among the tares. In other words, among the wheat or among the weeds. Now, at the end of the age, after the great white throne judgment, the tares are thrown into the lake of fire. They're gathered together where? At the great white throne judgment. Each person has his case or her case heard. Each person who's a litigant at the great white throne judgment with God on one side and the individual on the other loses his or her case that God has against the individual. And all of these tares go into the lake of fire. They experience the second death. So God divides us this way. Either you are among the wheat or you are among the tares. Either you are a sheep or a goat. Either you are a good fish that will be kept, kept where? Kept on this present earth during the millennial reign and on the new earth to come, or you're a bad fish that's thrown out. Thrown out where? Into the lake of fire that burns with fiery brimstone and sulfur forever and ever. Either a person has his or her name written in the Lamb's Book of Life or the person's name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Finally, either a person is, either a person belongs to, uh, the kingdom or belongs to the world. So Jesus says over and over again the same thing. The Word of God tells us the same thing over and over again. In verse 8 here it's saying, And all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life that belongs to the Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. This is a very important point that was made here. No truth seeker that in order to live on the new earth, not everyone's going to make it to the new earth. The new earth is going to be amazing. It's fantastic. No more grief, no more sorrow, no more pain, no more mourning, no more death. You want to be here for the new earth. You want to live on an earth where animals don't eat each other, where there's no evil and there's no corruption, where there's no more war. You want to be here on this new earth. Every person whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life is disqualified. In order to make it to the new earth, in order to be allowed to dwell three in one in a tangible body with your same soul, mind, will, and emotions, your same spirit, in order to be permitted to live on the new earth, your name must be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now here it says, and all the people who belong to this world worship the beast. You don't want to belong to this world. You want to belong to the kingdom. Why? Because if you belong to the kingdom, you will rule and reign in the kingdom with Jesus Christ 
after the second coming of Jesus Christ, during the first thousand years, that's the millennial reign of the government of Jesus Christ, and on the new earth after the end of time, after the end of the age, for the eternities of eternities, it says in Revelation chapter 22. Now let's continue. Verse 9 and 10. Here's the instruction. Here's the instruction for the church. So what are we supposed to do during the Great Tribulation, during this 42 months, since clearly, according to the 666 Antichrist prophecy and the Millennial Reign prophecy, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 to 10, since believers will be here, what are we supposed to do? Well, verse 9 says, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. I believe that's you. I believe you have ears to hear and uh I believe I have ears to hear. The word of God says that we should listen and understand. Okay, understand what? Let's go to verse 10. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. Okay, that's the beginning of verse 10, those two sentences. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. Now, remember, remember when uh, one of the apostles was taken to prison and he's in there and he's writing a letter and then there's an earthquake and the shackles fall off of him and he could have run out of the jail and uh, beat it out of there, as my grandmother used to say. He could have beat it out of there and gone to wherever he wanted. Do you know? He was so confident in God. He was so aligned with the character of Jesus Christ that he stayed there and he waited for the jailer to see that although the shackles had been broken off of him supernaturally and the doors of the prison had been opened, that he didn't run away because he didn't want the jailer to get in trouble. So the jailer, amazed by this, gives his life to Jesus Christ, and ultimately he's released. So he was a prisoner. Listen to this. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who is destined for prison will be taken to prison. If you're taken to prison during the Great Tribulation, do you know that the Great Tribulation is only 42 months? It's only 42 months. Now, not every believer is going to be taken to prison or beheaded during the Great Tribulation, but some will. Some will be martyred in that way. Now, this 42 months is within a seven-year period. The seven-year period ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that means that if a person dies during the Great Tribulation, and dies in Christ, the person goes to present heaven, but the person's coming back in a short amount of time, a short amount, in just a, a few years, maybe months, depending when the person might die. Uh, the person's coming back. Let's continue. Now, you might say, well, I'm not clear on what verses 9 to 10 mean. Well, at the end of 10, we get an explanation. It says, about this, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone who's destined for prison will be taken to prison. Anyone destined to die by the sword will die by the sword. Then we're given an explanation for what it means at the end of verse 10. It says, this means 
that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. So this means that during the Great Tribulation, believers, depending on where you live, will be persecuted. And our responsibility, our action item, our action item is to endure patiently and remain faithful. Now, isn't it good to know that the maximum period of time that you need to endure the rule and reign of the Antichrist is 42 months? So if you're persecuted uh, at month number 12, then you have month number 12 to 42 to go. Maybe it's at month 36. Maybe it's at month 37. But it's a finite period of time. So it says we must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. What does it mean to remain faithful? Let's go to Revelation 20. So these are people who remained faithful. Now, some of us will remain faithful and will be here at the second coming of Jesus Christ. And that means that we will never, ever experience the first death. We'll never fall asleep. We'll transition to our perfected, glorified bodies in the blink of an eye. We'll transition from mortality to immortality in the blink of an eye. But what if we are among those who are martyred? So our instruction is during the Great Tribulation to endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. So what does it mean to remain faithful? In Revelation 20, verse 4, it says, "Witness, uh, be a witness to Jesus, preach and testify about the word of God, refuse to pay homage to the beast or his statue, and do not accept his mark or permit it to be stamped on our foreheads or on our hands. That's what it means to remain faithful. Now, friend and truth seeker, there are people during this time who are going to say, we need to create our own army, we need to do this, we need to do that. The instruction for every believer is here in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. No militia group, no army, no alternative government, no church denomination is going to overcome the Antichrist. Jesus Christ is the person. Jesus Christ, God manifests in the flesh, is the person who's going to defeat the Antichrist, and the false prophet. It's not going to be any member of the church. It won't be the two witnesses who will do amazing and awesome work. It won't be you and it won't be me. Okay, so let's be clear on our instruction. Now let's continue. Now what's going to happen? What will the beast and the Antichrist do? Let's hear verses 11 to 18. Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. Let's pause there for a second. So when you look at the 666 Antichrist prophecy, now we see that there are three beasts. I mentioned that at the beginning of our talk. So the beast sometimes refers to the Ten Nation Alliance described in the 666 Antichrist prophecy in Daniel chapter 7 in the Purple and Scarlet prophecy in the book of Revelation. Second, sometimes the beast refers to the mouthpiece for the Ten Nation Alliance. That's the Antichrist. Third, sometimes the beast refers to the false 
profit. We're about to hear that now. So the beast is always an agent of Satan. So this Ten Nation Alliance will do the work of Satan. The Ten Nation Alliance is given its authority via Satan, the dragon. The Antichrist is given his authority from Satan. And the false prophet, the leader of the harlot church, will also be given his authority, you guessed it, from Satan. So here we we hear about the third beast. Verse 11 of chapter 13 says, Then I saw another beast come up out of the earth. He had two horns like those of a lamb, but he spoke with the voice of a dragon. What is that saying? He's going to seem like Jesus Christ, but he's going to utter the words of a dragon. The dragon is Satan. Let's continue with verse 12. He exercised all the authority of the first beast, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. I believe this is referring to the part of the movie trailer for the 666 Antichrist prophecy. In the abstract, we're told that the Antichrist will have a fatal wound, but he will be healed. So when people see what appears to be a resurrection, they will say, well, this has, this, this is amazing. Only God could resurrect the Antichrist. Only God can resurrect a human being. So therefore, this, the, the, what the Antichrist said is true. He really is God. Of course, he isn't God. And so it tells us here, um, He exercised all the authority of the first beast, talking about the false prophet, and he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. So the false prophet will promote the Antichrist. They will work in tandem. Notice that it says he exercised all the authority of the first beast. So in addition to there being a ten-nation alliance that will dominate, economic and world affairs. If you want to buy and sell in the new economic system that's coming, you're going to have to take the mark of the beast, which we'll talk about or hear about in this prophecy shortly. In addition to this one world government system uh, led by the Ten Nation Alliance, there will be a one world religion that's promoted. This will be a version of Christianity, but it will not be truth. It will be what the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy, chapter 17 and 18, refer to as a harlot church. Now, what else does the false prophet do? It says, he required all the earth and its people to worship the first beast whose fatal wound had been healed. He did astounding miracles, even making fire flash down to earth from the sky while everyone was watching. So you say, um, this, this is God. You see a man, the false prophet, actually performing a bona fide miracle. The false prophet is going to perform real miracles. The problem is the source and inspiration of these miracles, the source of power and the inspiration for performing these acts 
is Satan. It's not God. So every person is either team Jesus or team Satan. Whether you know it or not, there's no option C. Either right now in this moment, you are either team Jesus or team Satan. You say, well, I haven't made a decision yet. By default, you're on the roster for Team Satan. Why? Because we inherited sin. You've reached the age of accountability. You're an adult. You must make a decision. All who have reached the age of accountability will be held responsible. In other words, you do get to decide whether you're going to participate in the first resurrection or whether you're going to participate in the resurrection at the great white throne judgment. There is going to be a miracle, real miracles performed by the false prophet. If you don't know that, you could be fooled. So you must know in advance that we're going to see astounding miracles, it says. And one of those miracles will be that the false prophet is going to cause fire to come down from the sky to the earth, and everyone's going to be watching. Then in verse 14 it says, And with all the miracles he was allowed to perform on behalf of the first beast, he deceived all the people who belong to this world. So remember, God has two groups of people. That's how he categorizes all of humanity, those who belong to this world and those who belong to the world to come, those who belong to this world and those who belong to the kingdom of God, those who are among the sheep and those who are among the goats, those who are the good fish and those who are the bad fish, those who are among the wheat and those who are among the tares, those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life and those whose names are not. Then it says, he was then permitted, talking about the Antichrist, I'm sorry, talking about the false prophet, he was then permitted to give life to this statue so that it could speak. Verse 14, the second part says, he ordered the people to make a great statue of the first beast, who was fatally wounded and then came back to life. So the false prophet will commission a statue, a great statue of the Antichrist. Then it says in verse 15, he was then permitted to give life to this statue so it could speak. So we're going to see during this 42-month period, the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation, there's going to be a gigantic statue, which somehow it will actually speak. Here's the important part. Then the statue of the beast commanded that anyone refusing to worship it must die. So that means that somehow the technology will be such that if you don't respond behaviorally in the way that has been uh, put forth via the authority of the Antichrist and the false prophet, if an individual does not have the appropriate behavioral response to the statue when it speaks, then the outcome is death. So I don't know whether it's going to have you do a – it's going to say, well, all human beings must do a salute, like when people had to do the salute to Hitler, or if it will be that you have to bow and bend over, or if you have to get on one knee. Maybe you have to clap. It doesn't tell us exactly what the required behavioral response is, but it does say that it is tantamount to it 
is a reflection of worship. And that if you don't worship this statue, which is a representation of the Antichrist, then the penalty is death. Now let's continue. It says, he rec- oh, let me back up for a second. Remember, Revelation chapter 20, verse 4, says that those who refuse to worship the statue or take the mark of the beast, that they were beheaded. Now let's go back to that for a second. So again, there's compelling evidence we're told repeatedly in Revelation chapter 20, in Revelation chapter 13, that believers will be here during the wrath of Satan, which is the great tribulation. Verse 4 of chapter 20 says, and I also I saw the souls of those who had been slain with axes, beheaded for their witnessing to Jesus and for preaching and testifying for the word of God, and who had refused to pay homage to the beast or his statue. So that's what we're talking about in Revelation chapter 13, his statue. So we're told that you have to worship the statue when it talks. And there are people who refuse to pay homage to the beast, or his statue and had not accepted his mark or permitted it to be stamped on their foreheads or on their hands, and they lived again and ruled with Christ the Messiah a thousand years. Okay. Now let's continue here in the 666 Antichrist prophecy. We're hearing about six specific actions that the false prophet will take during the 42-month period. Verse 16, now here we're getting to it, the mark of the beast. He required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which either was the name of the beast or the number representing his name. Wisdom's needed here. Let the one with understanding solve the meaning of the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. His number is 666. So the mark of the beast is coming up. It will be available very shortly. The beginning of the seven-year period that includes the 42 months starts with the peace treaty that will allow Israel to rebuild its temple on the Temple Mount in Jerusalem. That's the confirmation of the covenant. It's described in the book of Daniel. When the confirmation of the covenant is signed, that's the beginning of the seven-year period, at some point after Israel has been given the green light to rebuild the temple, it will be built. It will exist there in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. The Jews will worship in the temple The Muslims will worship in their mosque. It will be a peace agreement. They will share the Temple Mount in that way. Now, this agreement, it won't be for all time. They're not going to decide everything in this agreement, but they will decide that Israel is permitted to rebuild its temple. The nation of Israel will do that. They haven't had a temple uh, God has not had a home in Israel since 70 A.D. This is a very big deal. 
the ashes of the red heifer, the tenth red heifer, will be used in the special ceremonies that the Jewish people use uh, following the Old Covenant. Now, during this seven-year period, after the temple is rebuilt, the Antichrist will stand in the rebuilt temple and declare that he is God. And that's the beginning of the 42-month period. That's the beginning of the 42 months. Now let's talk about this mark of the beast. It says, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on the forehead. And no one could buy or sell anything without that mark. Now buy or sell anything, what does that mean? Buy or sell anything where? So the 10-nation alliance will be the dominant economic system. Now, right now, here in the United States of America, people are buying and selling everywhere in stores and wherever you live in the world. But we buy and sell uh, most often using the New York Stock Exchange. In different places of the world, there are stock exchanges. My opinion, this is not a fact, my opinion is that the New York Stock Exchange, as well as those exchanges in Europe and elsewhere that exist, these are going to go down. And in its place will be one place to buy and sell. And if you want to participate in the buying and selling of the new stock exchange of the New World Order, which is led by the Ten Nation Alliance, you have to take the mark of the beast. But there will be people who refuse to take the mark of the beast. You must refuse the mark of the beast if you want to have your names written in the lamp name written in the lamb book Lamb's Book of Life. Let me say that again. You must refuse the mark of the beast if you want to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. No person who takes the mark of the beast will be permitted to participate in the first resurrection. If you fail to participate in the first resurrection, that means that you never transition from mortality to immortality. You never transition to your peak performance body. You never get your body that's 100% free of DNA errors, your body that will never, ever be beyond its prime, your body that will never, ever die. That's God's best for you and God's best for me. Three in one, living not in heaven as a disembodied spirit, of course, uh, it's better to be with Jesus, to be uh, separated from Jesus. But Jesus isn't going to stay in heaven forever. He's coming back to this present earth. Why? That's God's best. Living on the present earth in a tangible body. If you take the mark of the beast during the great tribulation, you have been disqualified from taking the mark of God described in Revelation Chapter 3, in the seven letters to the cha uh, seven churches, and in Revelation chapter 22 in the New Earth Prophecy. The mark of the beast is a counterfeit. The true mark is the mark of God, which will go on the forehead 
of every person who belongs to the kingdom. So either an individual belongs to this world, is going to be resurrected for participating for the purposes of participating in the great white throat judgment or the person will be resurrected for the purpose of living three in one on this present earth and on the new earth to come now where is the true mark described it's described in two places uh actually more than two places but i want to point out two places in the book of revelation so it's noted in the seven seals prophecy okay but let's talk about these two other places. Jesus Christ, when talking about the rewards of those who are victorious, the rewards of those who find and follow God's plan of salvation, the rewards of those who remain faithful, he says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 12, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which descends from my God out of heaven and my own new name. That's the true mark. It's not the name of a man or the number of a man, 666. That's the counterfeit. That's Satan's mark. Now let's go to Revelation chapter 22. Verse 4, it says in the New Earth Prophecy, they shall see his face, who? Those who belong to the kingdom of God, and his name shall be written on their foreheads. There you have it right there. And his name shall be written, and his name shall be on their foreheads. So, again, what is going on the forehead of all believers? We have more details provided in Revelation uh, chapter 3, verse 12. So on the forehead of every believer ultimately will be this. Jesus says, I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, and my own new name. So the mark of God goes on the forehead of every believer. The mark of Satan goes on the forehead or on the hand of every person who is team Satan. So if you are here during the great tribulation, you must refuse the mark of the beast because it disqualifies you. It disqualifies you from experiencing salvation. It's the evidence that you have rejected God. It's the evidence that you have uh, become a child of the night instead of a child of the day, instead of a child of God. A person with the mark of the beast is a child of Satan. Now, the mark of the beast is mentioned several times in the book of Revelation, Let's go to, uh, we've heard where it's mentioned in Revelation 20, verse 4. Talking about uh, believers during the Great Tribulation who lose their lives, it says, they had not worshipped the beast or his statue, nor accepted his mark on their foreheads or their hands. And in Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, so now we're in, the marriage supper prophecy, that's the prophecy that focuses on the battle of Armageddon. It says, 
And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Anyone who takes the mark of the beast is deceived. It says it right there. Now, who's captured? The Antichrist and the false prophet at the end of the seven-year period the Antichrist rules and reigns for 42 months, but at the end of this seven-year period, um, now, again, the Great Tribulation is only only 42 months, but it begins with the signing of the confirmation, the seven-year period, and it ends with the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's described in the book of Daniel, Daniel's 70th week, the last seven years of the 490-year prophecy about Israel. Where else is the mark of the beast discussed in the book of Revelation? In Revelation chapter 16, verse 2, here's a reason to refuse the mark of the beast. So if you say, well, I think God is merciful. I don't think that. I think that a person could take the mark of the beast, and then if you realize you've taken the mark, then you can take it out. No. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible. Let's hear more about what happens to those who take the mark of the beast. So as I mentioned earlier, in this seven-year period, there's the wrath of Satan. That's 42 months. It's followed by the wrath of God. Now, the wrath of God includes the seven final plagues, which culminate with the Battle of Armageddon. The seventh plague The seventh final plague includes, but it's not limited to the Battle of Armageddon. Now, those who take the mark of the beast are going to get a cancerous sore, a malignant sore. If a person takes the mark of the beast, that individual will experience a malignant sore. Now, Revelation chapter 16, verse 2 says, So the first angel left the temple and poured out his bowl on the earth, and horrible, malignant sores broke out on everyone who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Let's pause there. Everyone who had the mark of the beast means Everyone who had the mark of the beast, not everyone who does not have the mark of the beast. So if you have not taken the mark of the beast and therefore you are not worshiping the statue of the beast, the Antichrist, then this plague, the wrath of God, it's not coming on you. But if an individual has taken the mark of the beast, that individual surely and without a doubt will have a malignant sore that comes on him or her. That is the price that one will pay for being on Team Satan instead of being on Team Jesus. Now let's define malignant. Malignant means cancerous, but let's hear Uh, The definition, according to the National Cancer Institute at cancer.gov, it says about malignant, a term used to describe cancer. Malignant cells grow in an uncontrolled way, 
and can invade nearby tissues and spread to other parts of the body through the blood and lymph system. Now, you might say, well, I don't believe that. I believe that God is love. Why would a God of love give a malignant sore to his children? If a person takes the mark of the beast, the person has rejected the sonship, the daughtership of God. If a person has taken the mark of the beast, the person is saying, God, I am your enemy. God, I am team Satan. In this Super Bowl, of all Super Bowls, there are only two teams, Team Jesus and Team Satan. We inherited, inherited the propensity for sin. We were born in the image of Adam instead of the image of God. Because Adam sinned, the ability to experience death not only came upon Adam, but it came upon all his sons and daughters. That's you and me. The only way to be born again, to now be in the image of God where we are eligible for and will transition to immortality is through Jesus Christ. We have to get our sin debt paid for. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but Jesus died on your behalf. That means that his death can be used in place of the death that you and I deserve because we have sinned. Long story short, friend, either a person is team Satan or team Jesus. If an individual takes the mark of the beast, that individual will experience a horrible malignant sore that is cancer. It's right here in the Bible, and it will be a penalty coming from God. It will be a punishment of God. It is a part of the wrath of God. Now, the wrath of Satan, the great tribulation, is followed by the wrath of God. Verse 1 of chapter 16 says, Then I heard a mighty voice from the temple say to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out on the earth the seven bowls containing God's wrath. So the wrath of God is the seven final plagues, which begin with a malignant sore, a punishment for Every person who has taken the mark of the beast, every person who has rejected God, every person who has sided with the enemy of God. Don't side with the enemy of your creator. Be reconciled to your creator. Get in right standing with God. Find and follow God's plan for salvation. Whatever you do, your number one priority ought to be making sure that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. That is the number one priority that you and I should have. It's the only way to make sure that we transition from mortality to immortality, to immortality to make sure that we will be present for the millennial reign and that we will transition successfully to the new earth, that we will be permitted to live three in one in our perfected, glorified, immortal body on the new earth to come. Now, what about the mark of the beast? We're talking about the mark of the beast and the reality of the mark of the beast. Where else is it in the book of Revelation? In Revelation chapter 14, 
Verse 11, it says, let's go to verse 9. Then the third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath. And they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the lamb. Let's pause there for a second. Taking the mark of the beast results in several punishments. The Among the first punishments is a horrible malignant sore. Okay? God is giving a horrible malignant sore to every person who takes the mark of the beast. That's a problem, right? You don't want uh, cancer that's going to cause you to die. You don't want a malignant sore. But beyond that, forever and ever, you want to live in a body that's free of all illness, a peak performance body, a body that will never, ever have cancer, never, ever have Parkinson's, never, ever has schizophrenia, never, ever have multiple sclerosis, never, ever, we could keep going with this. You want a peak performance body that's perfect, perfected, glorified. You want a body just like the body Jesus Christ had when he rose from the dead, and he wants to give it to you. Who's he? Jesus Christ. You're free to accept or reject God's plan for salvation. Now, if you take the mark of the beast, any person who takes the mark of the beast, ultimately is resurrected for the purpose of participating in the great white throne judgment will be found guilty of all the sins that he or she committed. Therefore, since the payment hasn't been made with the blood of Jesus, the person rejected Jesus, that person has to pay the price, which is death. Well, you say, but what does that mean? That means the person will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur. The person will be thrown into the lake of fire. That's the second death. That's the final death. Then it says in verse 11, the smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. Friend and truth seeker, do not take the mark of the beast. Wait. We're told in Revelation chapter 13, the instruction for every believer is, in verse 10, God's holy people must endure persecution patiently and remain faithful. Whatever you do, don't take the mark of the beast. You do, you do not need to buy and sell in the economic system that will emerge from the Ten Nation Alliance. There will be other ways to live during the Great Tribulation, alternative economies. But if you want to participate in the largest economy, in the dominant system where you are buying and selling in the way that people are buying and selling in the New York Stock Exchange, you have to take... You have to take the mark of the beast, but if you take the mark of the beast, that means you're disqualified from taking the mark of God, which will go on the forehead of every believer, as noted in Revelation chapter 22, verse 4 in the New Earth Prophecy. 
I invite you to be with me and to be with us on Sunday at 12 noon Texas time and next Thursday again at 9 a.m. Texas time, that's Central time. Until then, please call out to God according to Jeremiah 33.3. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.